welcome. Welcome, my friends, to the Beggars and Brawlers podcast. This is episode 59, recorded Tuesday, the 25th of October, 2022, just a week before The Alchemy of Sorrow comes out on November 1st. <laughs> and today I have an interview with another of our amazingly talented authors, Sonia M. Black, on her story, Skies on Fire, plus the importance of representation, the place of ceremony, and the magical and real ways we deal with grief. For almost 30 years, Sonia M. Black has called the Pacific Northwest home. Her writing partners include two cats that distract as much as they encourage the creative juices. Her husband and son put up with her frequent bouts of writing and leave her presence of chocolate to appease the writing muse. She enjoys exploring worlds beyond this one and uses myths, legends, and fairy tales as her guide to new stories. Sonia, welcome to the podcast. Hello. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. Uh, as discussed, I had a little bit of hecticness with uh, family and children <laughs> right beforehand. Yeah. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm doing well. Cool. It's so cool yeah. to have you on. It's good to be here. Yeah, as as discussed. So we we have a secret history beyond the anthology of having <laughs> both been finalists in the in the self-published blog off number five, which now we're on eight. So we're we're like becoming becoming veterans in this Biffo game, but Yes. <laughs> we used to, yeah, we had such an active thread and now we've all kind of, I mean, we're still friends, but we don't have as much excuse to talk. So it's really nice to have you on. It's nice to be here. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it's it's really sweet for me. This anthology in some ways has felt like a, like a rebirth of that because some of this, some of us are in this one and mm -hmm. it kind of feels like as time moves on now, like instead of, because we're just on a Facebook messenger thread with that one and now we're on Discord. It's like, I know, <laughs> the old technology changing and Discord is much better. <laughs> yes yeah um so yeah it's been sweet and it's nice to have an excuse to talk um and i loved your story i didn't get a chance to read this one early on uh because you kind of submitted it in final format so i didn't i workshop some of the stories so i actually got mm -hmm. to just read it when it's all polished and shiny which is so nice because i feel <laughs> like so often as authors are reading each other's stuff when it's still got a lot of rough edges and um, we were actually in that writing group together for a while, and it was too intense yes. for me, and I dropped out. So you, <laughs> you are in a very intense online writing group, or I don't know if you're in it at the moment, but... I am not I in like, it at the moment, but eventually I'll jump back into it. But yeah, yeah. it's pretty intense. Yeah, that is, it's a lot. Like, if I <laughs> if I had the time, I would love to do it. But, uh, but yeah, I remember reading uh, your piece in there, and so it's really nice to just get, like, the polished final thing um, here. Uh... Yeah. And I guess I'm always curious in the stories, like what was the first part of this that came to you? You know, your bio says you use like myths as guide. And uh, yeah, so I was I was curious what what came first. Um, so originally I was kind of thinking about uh, Griffin writers, but then mm -hmm. uh, knowing that I kind of wanted to explore for the idea of renewal and rebirth mm, with mm -hmm. the character, uh, the Phoenix seemed to be a better fit. So that's totally. where the, that aspect came from. So, um, but originally I, I'm not even sure what exactly yeah. uh, started that particular story or where I, I pulled it from. It just sort of kind of came out all at, all at <laughs> once. So... <laughs> Yeah, totally. Yeah. I, uh, I, I mean, it's amazing because it's a short story and some short stories, you know, are like 
kind of all character or occasionally all plot, but mm-hmm. your setting feels so developed. I'm like, this is a place and she, the character has like old established relationships with the people, a lot of the people that she interacts with and, you know, like the, the empire, like there's so much there that I'm like, this feels like the prequel to a novel, <laughs> which I don't <laughs> think it is. Right. This it's, is- it's not, if I mm-hmm. did build anything in that world, that would be like, a, it would come before that story. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, so this would be a postquel. Yes, very much so. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> well, that'd be tricky then because people would know that like your character ends up in the position that she's in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's awesome. Because I, I was kind of like, I feel like she world built a world and she hasn't written the novel yet, but she found a story that she could tell here. But it sounds like it was <laughs> a little more natural than that. Yeah. Yeah, I just have this like this process in my brain that I can't shut off being an author not in terms of critiquing, but just in terms of being like, what was their creative process and what came first? So <laughs> it's nice to have the freedom, the luxury to actually ask. Uh, so yeah, speaking of the Phoenix, I thought that like, I think that was a really good choice, you know, like <laughs> in thinking about like the themes of our anthology and and the mm-hmm. the grieving that your character is going through. I loved the contrast of the Phoenix who like is grieving when we meet her and then goes through this magical transformation. So without giving away spoilers, it makes a lot of sense that a Phoenix is able to do that. And her Mm -hmm. rider is unable to do that, you know? And it's like, it's such a powerful contrast that, um, you know, we see like kind of this magical way. And I think that, I don't know, I I don't like, I'm sure you weren't trying to like build in like deep theories into the story, but (laughs) being a literature major, (laughs) when I read it I'm like okay this is awesome because like the phoenix can be a symbol for so many things of like the magical thinking that people who haven't really gone through a deep grieving process can be of like well you just get over it and then you're born anew right it's like yeah "Mm." you know like exactly how it works yeah right especially you know like it's I feel like a theme that I've had in these stories and in the in the talks that we've had as the whole anthology is just like you know, we change it from anthology of grief and healing to of grief and hope because it's like right. the healing is just like a process, you know, like it's not like mm-hmm. we're just going to be an indignant baby Phoenix chick squawking <laughs> and everything's erased. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, from the chronic illness and pain perspective, yeah, the grieving process it never really ends. It right. keeps going. So, yeah. um, you know, it's something you fight every day or you deal with yeah. every day in everything you do. So <laughs> that kind of also plays into that metaphor, I guess, mm-hmm. of, of renewal. Totally. So, yeah, I mean, it's like, it seems like such a unique thing because in a lot of cases you're grieving um, like an event or the, mm-hmm. and I guess you can, you can look at chronic pain and illness, which I have an experience. So, you know, like I, I don't know much about it, but um, as a, as an ongoing thing, it, you know, rather than like a, like a past that you can grow away from and just mm-hmm. feel an absence. But I guess in, in a lot of ways, it's like the, the character at least is she's, you know, and you give her a formal process for grieving the person that she was like she's grieving mm-hmm. the ability that she had um, right yeah but it feels like such a uh, such a powerful um theme to go through in the story of seeing the phoenix magically do it and then seeing her like have to very unmagically with the help of a friend figure something out 
you know? Right. Yeah. Right. That was awesome. It's, it's a very messy process that we go through when we're grieving. So yeah, it's not that neat little kind of flip a switch and it's all better type thing, you know? Yeah. And I like that you have a, that you have like a, a cultural, um, like a cultural suggestion here, a ritual. Cause I think that mm-hmm. um, it's actually, I haven't really thought about the other stories in this context. It's just occurred to me, but I feel like in modern times, you know, like we've gotten away from having like solid cultural rituals and I right. think rituals can be so helpful at changing points in our life. And it's really sweet. You know, like this story is, is steeped in a, in a, I guess you would say like Japanese inspired setting or like yeah. Japanish. I, I think yeah. Jimmy has a good word for how she says it too. Yeah. Um, but you know, like, so the ritual is there of burning incense to ancestors and having an altar. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it feels so nice to give the character a little bit of structure there. And I think it's a really nice suggestion for, for people who are reading and maybe struggling a little bit of like, you know, there are cultural like ways that we can, that we can give ourselves rituals. So there's a process to go through instead of just the blank nothingness of I'm in bed and this sucks and I don't want to get up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, I, and it, it's something that I think we, especially in American culture, since we have, kind of a non-culture here right we we really don't have a a cultural context to grieve it yeah or to grieve or go through the process so um you know pulling from other cultures and you know adapting and adjusting how you Mm -hmm. you how it might fit with you right you know could be something that's helpful for going through that so yeah for sure yeah I mean yeah in my uh in my life I've I've was raised Catholic and then Mm -hmm. uh very much participated in the nothingness of of our culture like I think the suggestion is you should go shopping in American culture for feeling bad (laughs) (laughs) and I've come around to a Buddhist tradition that I really appreciate and it feels um it feels really nice to commit to it and to then have like a community and a set of beliefs and rituals for when hard things happen instead of having to mm-hmm. just figure it out. Cause yeah. 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 So um, I like that aspect of it a lot. And I thought that, um, yeah, I like that contrast of her having to figure it out. I think the story would have been too easy if her friend was just like snap out of it. And she did like, that would have been her yeah. own version of the Phoenix. Because there isn't a sense of resolution. I like how open-ended you leave it and how her her friend who comes in the end leaves it. He's like, you don't have to do it now, but you have to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like that feels like such a powerful statement. It just like, yeah. I feel like your story <laughs> is going to be really helpful for the people who come to this, who are really in a process and they're really kind of mm-hmm. like, I need a little bit of help figuring this out. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. hope it does. <laughs> I hope it is. <laughs> yeah, hopefully it doesn't just tear people apart for no reason. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and I love that that uh, your character is is struggling with the loss of ability in her body because I just don't see that much of that in fantasy. I feel like mm-hmm. we either just have super capable people um, in one way or another or in all ways um, or, you know, like people create worlds in which they can just magically fix things and science fiction is guilty yeah. of this too of like well the nanites will just heal all your wounds from that last battle 
Yeah. You know, and yeah, I think it's, it's harder and better to like be more human about it. Yeah. And, and uh, it's one of those things that, you know, people always say representation matters, but it also matters to explore the things that we typically write off in fantasy, Mm -hmm. you know, a character gets injured and then two days later they're walking around just fine and we don't yeah, know totally. what happened to the inner injury you know we don't know yeah. how it feels yeah they don't really deal with it or talk about it and um you know i think it's important to think about and explore what happens with characters because in real life we don't just write it off and we don't mm-hmm. just you know two days later we aren't just walking around and feeling great you know so i think it's important yeah. to to address that you know totally yeah i feel like we have this funny tension in fantasy between the escapist aspect we want to be in this magical mm-hmm. other world i totally want to live in a world where i defend my empire with like phoenixes that's awesome <laughs> you know but like the but also like for me one of the things i'm reading for and i think a lot of people are reading for is character and for an experience that we can resonate with or an experience mm-hmm. that like gives us a vicarious understanding like one of the things i love about this anthology is so many of the processes of grief that are talked about are not ones that i've gone through but it gives me more compassion for people who are mm-hmm. in it and also gives me a little bit of that experience and i think that fiction is so powerful for being able to do that but if we just stay in the escapist side we're like leaving that power on the table and so Mm -hmm. yeah i think it's wonderful that that you chose to write about this um and it got me thinking i was like so what other characters can i think of in fantasy that are like struggling with like limits to physical ability and Mm -hmm. my list is super short compared to the people who are like with extra physical ability that's pretty much everybody yeah (laughs) Yeah. The have you ever uh read this is a deep cut, but uh To Ride Hell's Chasm by Janie Wirtz? I have not, but I've read other uh her, stuff. her stuff. So yeah, it's cool. It's like it's a really OG fantasy. Um, but she has a character who is just like so raw about their physical limitations, which I think I think that's like book three. So I think she like mm-hmm. was just legitimate about they got wounded earlier and they have to deal with it instead of getting like magical fix. Um, Mm -hmm. but yeah, I really struggled to come up with it, you know, and I think that, yeah. So I think it's awesome that it's here. Is it like, uh, have you thought about writing that more in, cause the two, uh, books that I've read from you, the one in our workshop and the Mm -hmm. one that was in Spiffbo, I feel like it didn't feature as prominently. Is it something that you want to write more of or? It's definitely something I want to write more of. I, um, I haven't really come up with a story yet to fit it in but yes it is definitely something I want to include more of in my future writing so yeah yeah well I mean you've got a great character here and a like pretty fleshed out world yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's true (laughs) yeah I'm so curious to hear what you're working on now actually because we haven't caught up in a while but before we like leave the story um do you want to read us a little piece of it since we sure hopefully gotten everybody interested cool awesome let me open up the the file here let's see so i haven't actually read this ahead of time so pardon me if i uh, (laughs) stumble a bit (laughs) all good everyone does (laughs) that i've interviewed Uh, so far (laughs) okay 
stable master Assad and knelt beside my phoenix, he said, stroking her head and crooning. Hisa looked small, curled in a tight wall. Her normally vibrant flame-colored feathers had dulled dirty earthen hues, and her bright crimson eyes were now muddy brown. Hisa's breathing was visibly labored. My heart broke at the sight of her. Her poor state reflected my physical condition. If something wasn't done soon, Hisa would die, and she wouldn't reincarnate. A young recruit, probably no older than 13 summers, stood nearby. She rubbed her hands along the front of her pants, plainly nervous as she started at the bird who was to become her flight mate. This was a normal part of the Phoenix life cycle, I told myself. Nothing to get set, upset over. The real tragedy would be Hisa's death. The lump in my throat grew larger. Giving Hisa to a new writer meant she could still soar the skies. Her life would continue without me. Hisa lifter, lifted her head as I approached and gave a forlorn chirp. I knelt beside her, my fingers burrowing into the soft down feathers on her neck. Hello, beautiful. It's almost time to reincarnate. She took my wrist in her beak, a precarious position to be in, as she could easily crush a cow's thigh bone with that bite. She offered another unhappy chortle. We both knew this was goodbye. Tears pricked my eyes, but I held them back. I know, love. This is for the best. You belong in the skies, and I can no longer. I choked on the rest of my words as I stroked her head, rubbing at her favorite spot right over her eye ridges. I looked at the recruit. What's your name and rank? The wide-eyed girl bowed. Private Takata, ma'am. Private, this is Hisa. I stroked Hisa's crown. She's the most beautiful, loyal mount you could ever have. Treat her like a queen. She deserves it. The private bowed low in answer. Stable master Asada touched my shoulder. Are you ready? No, but it's time. I kissed Hisa on the beak. Goodbye, love. Clear skies and fair winds to you. Always. Her eyes held mine, soft and trusting, as I pulled on the thread of magic connected us. Perhaps we can fly together again in another life. The cord between us tore free, and a hollow opened in my heart where he, he so once existed. She let out a mournful cry as she rose to her full height, nearly brushing the top of the cave with her head. I moved a safe, safe distance back as flames engulfed her. Jagged glass memories threatened to cut my soul to ribbons of nothingness while the fire consumed Kisa. Nights spent in the wilds with the stars as our blanket and the world to explore. Fights in the skies where both her blood and mine mingled as we battled griffins and their riders. My heart squeezed as the emptiness in my chest threatened to swallow me. I dug my fingernails into my palms. I couldn't let her see how much it hurt to let her go. Hisa turned to ash, drifting slowly to the floor. It was over in the space of a breath, yet it felt like I had aged a hundred years. My soul, my body, every bit of my being ached with the need to cry, to scream at the unfairness of it all. I wrapped my arms around myself to hold in the shattered pieces, afraid they too would turn to ash and drift away on the wind. So there it is. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yep, that uh, you actually read the line that, that got me the hardest when I was reading it. Uh, oh. It was when she... Let's see, I'm looking back for it. But when she tells the new recruit, she's like, she is the, you know, the most beautiful oil mount you could have. I just mm -hmm. like, it's such a real statement of when you love someone and when you're leaving them, they become like, you know, like the most. And mm -hmm. it's just like, just so true to what you would say that I felt all kinds of, it echoed with so many things that have happened mm -hmm. in my life when you, you know, you just feel like she was the best and she's gone or she's going. Mm -hmm. So. 
Good job. You stabbed me in the feels. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, hopefully in a good way. So <laughs> in a good way, for sure. Yep, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I loved reading this story and, and it was so nice to just come to it in its perfected form. <laughs> um, so I was going to ask you before, uh, and I guess that we can kind of connect the two, but uh, do we know that this story doesn't, it isn't connected to uh, a world, but um, uh, what are you working on right now? So right now I'm not, I'm kind of between things, just mm -hmm. sort of playing with stuff. Um, totally. You know, my, I have a chronic illness, so that has taken a lot of my time right yeah. now. And uh, so just sort of playing around when I get a chance with yeah. different ideas. So eventually I'll settle on something, but totally. Well, right I now, not, not anything particular. So, yeah. And it's, it's, yeah, it's wonderful to, to wait until something speaks to you. Yeah. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be sad if you wrote something in this setting, <laughs> <laughs> even if it's a prequel to the story and I yeah. have a suspicion of what's going to happen. <laughs> Uh, or I could totally see the story where um, the story is about new recruit and main character here is becomes like her mentor who's in the training yeah. grounds or whatever. Yeah, um, that's a possibility too. <laughs> so what's a good starting place for people if they want to read what you do have out? Aside from the story, obviously, which they're going to read. <laughs> <laughs> um, either uh, A Sea of Broken Glass or mm -hmm. if they're into Twisted Fairy Tales, Snow White mm -hmm. Piles, um, mm -hmm. either one. So... Cool. Yeah. I mean, places. I see a broken glass did super well in our, I mean, it was the top 10 of 300 in our contest. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. So I think that's a great place to start. I just didn't want to make the assumption. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and where can, where can we find uh, your books and everything about you online? Uh, on Amazon. That's mm -hmm. where I have everything. So cool. Yeah, pretty yep. easy there. Yeah, totally. Do you have any, like uh, any, other authors that have the same name as you, or is that why you put in the middle initial? Yes. So mm -hmm. yes, the, I definitely have to use my middle initial because there is another son black that writes, but mm. uh, yeah. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> well, uh, thank you so much for coming on. It was really sweet to get yes. a chance to catch up. And that was yeah. great to be here. For more information on Levi Jacobs and his books, including the award-winning Tide Collar Chronicle, visit www.levijacobs.com or for a free audiobook only available to podcast listeners go to www.levijacobs.com/free thanks for listening and read on